Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find other podcasts, I'm being told. It says, uh, I'm reading this sheet that is in front of me. Tate, there are other podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network. There is more than just One Shining Podcast. Uh, it says, you would know more about that. Um, is this true? Etc. Etc. Yes, I do. We have Against All Odds with Cousin hmm. Sal, a podcast that I produce and work on that it's great with Harry, Parlay Kid, Brother Bry, and of course the great Cousin Sal. That was with Jeff Schwartz yesterday. Great podcast all about the weather in Kansas City, if you care about that. Harry does. Uh, the next one we have is GM Street with me, Michael Lombardi. Unfortunately, I've had these back problems, as you can imagine, and I've been having to rush through these GM streets. Today, I gave Michael Lombardi the complete floor, so I hope everybody enjoys that. Uh, and then we got Kyle over here, producer Kyle. Yeah. We got Dual Threat with Ryan Rosillo. In the house. Great rant on indentured mm. servitude uh, this week, so if you want to go check that out <laughs> towards the end, good laugh. Is it? Did it, did it relate back to the Nike stock, or are it, we still figuring no, that out? No, okay. so it's it was related to um, Kyler Murray. Uh, they're saying that baseball is indentured servitude. Mm. You know what I mean? He gets mm. real pissed. It's great. Yeah, Triple A baseball. Yeah. Not not as fun as you would think, unless you play for the Durham Bulls. Great ah. team to play for. Did he have Did That's he have Wendell Carter's mom on a show to talk about <laughs> slavery and? No, there was a little. There was basketball. a little. Um, there was a, a hat tip to that. He was like in the NCAA, it's not okay. slavery, but that's not this. That was okay. a nice Moving tease on. for next week when Condoleezza Rice comes on and talks about her <laughs> new job as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Gonna be good. Uh, yeah. So those are all well, the podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network uh, that are all related to football. Those are all of them. Yeah, <laughs> those, those are all. Of them. <laughs> Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons. Oh yeah, that's right. Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons. Those are other stars, pod stars in the world. And then JJ Reddick has a podcast. There's tons of podcasts. Tons Go of check podcasts. them out. There are many podcasts. Um, I only I give my heart and soul to this one. Uh, I think it shows. If I can be fair, I'll be objective. You know, maybe <laughs> I come across as a little biased, but I'm going to step back and say that. Uh, it shows that I, I'm giving a little more to this podcast than you guys are. You guys are all over the place, uh, devoting your time. I can't, you know what? I can't even like sarcastically make these <laughs> comments about Kyle anymore. The, the guy got a fucking tattoo on his arm <laughs> for this podcast. So, um, ah, damn, damn, that's a, a cheap move uh, if you really think about it. It reflects poorly on me. Hundred bucks, I get, I get to <laughs> let all this fucking bullshit roll off my back. That's He's never got to read a dirty yeah. laundry story again after that. He's like, all right, I'm good. Just hold up, like, never right, again. <laughs> I can't hey, wait. Hey, speaking to of your me. back. Yes. How is your how is your back doing? Because uh, I, I was working on a theory and I'm still working on it. The theory is not dead yet. Uh, you, you brought it up, so I'm going to mention it now. Um, as I'm watching Carolina struggle again, you know what? Let's just start the podcast. I'll, I'll start this at the top. Let's get to the podcast. Play it, Kyle. Play. Uh, but oh, what do I got to say? But first, Woody Durham. All right, Tate mentioned in the uh, little the little pre-roll introduction there that his back is messed up. Uh, the, the haters are in his head. They're telling him that his podcasting game is struggling right now. He's, I don't know, he's, he's, he's on a cold streak right now, Tate. Your, your jumper's not falling. Your podcast jump shot is not falling. You're trying to make shots out there. Is that is that what the haters are saying to you? No, they're saying, please just make layups. They're pulling the mic white. They're like, just make mm. a layup at least. And I, I haven't been able to deliver that at this point. I'm trying to get there. Uh, what I've learned and what I realized is that you're not supposed to be tense all the time, is what my doctor mm. has told me. Uh, I threw out my back uh, two days ago, went back to the doctor, and pretty much the, the the way that they can reconcile the situation is things are getting better. There will be a tomorrow. There will be a better tomorrow, uh, you know, hopefully. But also, like, stop tensing up. Why are you tensing up all the time? Then I found out Carson Daly, he doesn't have anxiety like 
the cow guy anxiety that we talked about on this podcast, he has like physical anxiety with his body. Mm. And apparently that's something that has to do with me being tense all the time. But I think it's more so I'm just, again, I'm, I'm like the Arthur fist. You know what I mean? I'm just mad, mad at the internet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what does Carson Daly have to do with this? Carson, Carson Daly, I'm, that's how deep I am in research. I got all the way to Carson Daly and how he deals with, <laughs> with, with these types of things. You know, I'm like, how do these other hosts do this? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching tape of TRL from 2001, <laughs> seeing how he deals with these preteens. And, uh, you know, and, and here I am. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm breathing better. Uh, I'm hoping that th- there will be a new day. I have to go to Portland this weekend to go to go to Bagtown, go to Nike Town, and uh, hopefully that will help to be in, like, uh, I guess, the the Pacific Northwest air. But otherwise, Scooter Braun's back guy. I still can't get his contact info. Still don't know if he actually exists, but it does sound good. <laughs> it does sound good. Uh, that's what I thought. That's why I thought you brought up Carson Daly. I thought you went to Scooter Braun's back guy <laughs> no. and he was giving you I'm not the sure same yet. advice you gave to Carson Daly. You know what it is? I think it's one of those things where it's cool to say that you have a back guy. You know, when people say they have a problem, it's nice to have a solution. Mm-hmm. When people are like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my teeth white and you're like, I got this great dentist or, you know, whatever. And so I think he came out that he had a back guy. And then once you push back to find out about the back guy, he's not, there is no back guy. You know what I mean? It's more of just, it was more of the olive branch to offer the bad guy than to have a real bad guy. Back to square one. What you just back described, to one, by the way, that is that is the American dream, at least certainly in the Midwest. <laughs> for every every like, uh, I'll just speak from my own experience. Like every white guy that ends up in the suburbs, by the time you hit middle age, the American dream is you have a guy for everything, and mm-hmm. not like bad guy qualifies. Not in the context of like you know a drug guy and all that kind of shit. I'm talking <laughs> like you have your car guy. You have your yeah. um, what else? Your 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 AC guy when the AC when your furnace and your AC goes out. You got a like, concrete a guy. guy. You got a concrete guy. Uh, yeah, that's the goal of every uh, uh, suburban. You got a deck guy. Guy in the middle. Got a pool there. guy. Yeah. Everybody's um, got a guy. But anyway, I brought it up. Tate, I brought it up for this reason, and then we'll move on to what we really <laughs> want to talk about today. Uh, because you love Duke conspiracies um, more than uh, just as much as I do, more than anyone else we know. Uh, you and I are on the same wavelength with Duke conspiracies. I noticed that your back is hurting a lot. I also noticed that these back problems are coinciding with Carolina mm. uh, just shit in the bed every time they go out on the court. They almost blew a game to Notre Dame on the same night that your back was really, really flaring up. Um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to connect some dots here. This is a Coach K move, if I've ever seen one. You're, you're literally stealing the, even the back. You couldn't even come up with a different injury. Um, I'm not saying Tate, to be the I'm best. You got to beat the best. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it is what yeah. it is. You got to you got to figure out what they're doing. You got to figure out the formula and do it for yourself. And I mean, uh, that may play into it. I mean, yeah. Every time I saw Luke May let John Mooney drive by him and lay it in with ease every single time, I just felt a sharp <laughs> pain in my back every single every single time. And I'd put my glasses <laughs> down like Roy and just lean over and just see what happens. But yeah, North Carolina is, is extremely struggling. I think. We watched that game. Uh, I, it's it, there was it didn't not inspire much hope at all. TV Teddy was probably the most entertaining part of that game. He made some fun calls. That was about it. Uh, Nazir Little has to play in the post. Luke May has to get out of the post. Garrison Brooks has to get on the bench, and Roy Williams uh, has to make some tough decisions. Right? That's that's all uh, I gotta say. Uh, that's all I can say. I mean, yeah, yeah that's uh, all I can say. Uh, Luke, you know what? Yeah. I I came up with a new name for Luke May. I call him Lift May. Because, you know, he gives you a nice little easy. He picks you up, lets you go right to the basket, lifts your your box score from whatever it was before. You're going to have at least five <laughs> to eight more points. So it's Lift May. That's who he is. Oh, my God. What has happened? What has happened to my co-host who hates Carolina 
Uh, you've said many times that you love Duke. You love this Duke team. Or, yeah, you've said you love Duke. <laughs> what? This Duke team in no. particular. Yeah. Play the I'm trying, tape, to, figure out, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what exactly you said. Um, I don't know what I said. Uh, let's talk about Duke, though, because uh, a lot of people are going to be upset. They're rolling their eyes. The people already are uh, that we're going to talk about Duke. But Duke is the story right now because, one, they lost to Syracuse. We did the emergency tack on uh, to the Syracuse game. But but Duke is the story this as of this moment in time on Thursday afternoon for uh, two reasons. It is what happened earlier in the week. They lost to Duke. They lost Trey Jones. Uh, Cam Reddish battling the flu. Zion still got poked in the eye. Um, I'm sure that's going to be carrying over for the rest of the season. I'm sure mm-hmm. Kay will bring that up at some point, in like that's... late February. But like you know, and as he's recounting like all the problems that happened this year, I'm sure Zion getting poked in the eye. We're going to learn a lot about the cornea. Won. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll turn me that up. Um, so that was relevant. And then also, we are now going into the the game of the year in college basketball so far with Virginia coming to Duke. So uh, there's a lot to cover with Duke, Tate, um, including Coach K. We, we did not, again, we did the uh, the Syracuse talk, uh, the, 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 the game when Syracuse won at Duke. We did that like very quickly right after the game ended. It was an emergency situation. We didn't have time to digest everything. And I want to start with this. Uh, did you see... After we got done recording the podcast, we we had time to watch his press conference and everything. Did you see Coach K use the excuse? This is brilliant. File this one away. Use it for later. He used. He said these words. He said, "Life happens. Mm. Life happened to our team tonight." That's what he said. Life happens. Your thoughts. Life happens. It happened to us tonight. You got to credit Jimmy, Jimmy and the boys. I mean that's that's pretty much what he did. I I think that he decided and lost a card game back with Team USA days with Jim Beheim and said if he goes to overtime in Cameron Indoor with Jim Beheim, he has to throw the game. They, he, there was some sort of sh- there was some sort of side bet because he wasn't as upset as I thought he would be. Obviously, him and Jim, Jim Beheim are good friends. Uh, Jim Beheim, as we uh, discussed it into that podcast, did piss his pants, so he did at least earned that. Maybe that was like the other part of the deal. He so that's like, what happened. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, right. It was an, it could have been an unfortunate yeah, yeah. spill, well, but it looked like a piss. They were saying some people were saying it might be a uh it depends. Like he had prostate cancer <sighs> and it might be something to do with that. Um okay. and and you know, yeah. But the guy still pissed his pants. That's that's that's, that's an irrefutable fact, I think. <laughs> he he pissed his pants. And and by the way, I, I actually think like when you beat the number one team in the country you on their own to. home floor, yeah, you, that's the number like, two story. Pissing your pants. Yeah, it does become cool. Like yeah. you, you. It's that's Billy a boss move at that point. You ain't it's like, cool unless you pitch your pants. Come on. Yeah. Where do you go, Jimmy B? It's one of those things. Like we were talking about Dan Hurley. We're going to talk about Dan Hurley in a second. <laughs> by the way, he got ejected for the second time. Um, but uh, it, like the point I've made with him, where it's like when he's doing stuff and it's work and you're winning, it's cool. If when he's doing these stuff and he's losing, it's not cool. That's how I felt about Bayham. It's like if you pitch your pants when you're down forty five. That's Bad embarrassing luck. as hell. When you piss mm-hmm. your pants and you beat the number one team in the country on their home floor, that's baller as shit. And uh, yeah, that's that. Um, but let's talk about the Trey Jones thing for a second because yes. we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about that. And it is relevant going into the, not only just the weekend uh, with the big game against Virginia, as we said, it is relevant for the rest of the season. Um, the sky is falling in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, there is there is an aura around the Duke program. Like, how can we possibly survive this? Uh, Trey Jones... <laughs> Was already sort of getting the push for the mo- the we we make we we make these comments and these jokes all the time about trying to figure out who the best player is and all the qualifiers and 
Zion is the best, but RJ might actually be the most talented, but mm-hmm. Cam is like whatever, but Trey Jones is actually the MVP. Um, that has now been shot through the moon now that Trey Jones is out for the foreseeable future uh, with with all the talk. Trey Jones is now, the way people are talking about him, he is now the entire fucking team. Yes. And Duke is Duke is doomed without him. When did and Trey Jones Trey Jones become Trey Young? That's pretty much what happened in the in the past like three mm. days. Like the way that he's been discussed. He is now the most influential piece. He he is out indefinitely. We're not really sure what that means in the Duke lexicon. We've seen one game. We've seen lots of games. We don't know. Uh, but but for whatever it's worth, I think the main thing that's come out of this, right? And I know you've seen this. Everyone is saying R.J. Barrett has to be the point guard, right? Have you seen this? He, everyone yes. thinks that he has to be James Harden. That that is the if you watch any sort of TV now, you're going to hear that statement. R.J. Barrett has to become James Harden, and I don't think, I don't think that's what you want to be saying. <laughs> How hard can it be? It, I don't, I don't think that like it, you know if I'm if I am you know John Shire, Nolan, someone on staff. I am turning off every TV where they say that. You know what I mean? You don't want that to be the case because mm-hmm. he already is doing that. So if you give him the extra green light where you're like, RJ, you're the point guard. You know, you have to score for us. You can go one for 17 from three. And we're just going to say it is what it is. We we got to have you take the shots. I don't think that's a good situation. The good news for me is I think the fifth guy is Alex O'Connell. And I think O'Connell is now going to be the point guard for Duke. And that is vintage Duke. That is the Duke that we want. We want O'Connell at point guard. We got to lobby for that. Yeah, I I th- I mean that's kind of like if they're if they're going next man up mentality, that's the play, right? Is O'Connell to fill in for him? Uh, that that that's the next obvious choice of point guard in the sense of a guy who actually has experience playing point guard. Um, yeah, the RJ the RJ point guard thing would be awesome for content. That is what <laughs> that is what you and I really want. Uh, because that is that that is going at that point we are on the Duke roller coaster. It's gonna they're gonna have games where they look unstoppable because he probably will be James Harden. He he will be making shots when he shoots thirty times like he did against Syracuse. Yes, he'll make he'll have games where he makes nineteen of them and scores forty something points. And then uh, there will be games where he does not and he throws the ball all over the gym. Yeah. Um. Well, can I can I ask I you know, this man, it's, as a Zion supporter, yeah, as a Zion supporter like you are and we are on this program, do you think personally that now if you're if you if you're Coach K you go over and you say, Zion, the ball is yours. The ball is yours. Bring it up. The ball is yours. You run it. You run it, Zion. Come on, run it. Run it. You know, like, is that the moment where you do that now where it's like you're full in on Zion having the ball? Because I think he can be a point forward. I can't. I think he can be like a LeBron-type guy where he can bring the ball up. Uh, it, now we're back to calling him Barkley again, by the way. Have you seen this? Everyone's back on yeah, he's, yeah. he's Barkley. Well, Jim Beheim said he's not as fat as Barkley, and that was that was a big moment in the uh, determinant of Zion's fat. I've I've kind of gotten off that. I've I as I said, uh, I think Zion is definitely not fat, right? Mm. But right now, right for right now, until proven otherwise, Zion is definitely not fat. But then Beheim comes out and says he's not as fat as Barkley, and uh, I don't know. He's, he's but when Zion's dropping thirty five on you, he's that's that's not a fat thing. Um, speaking of Zion, do you see the uh, the Scotty Pippen thing mm. on uh what, what's the show, The Jump? With the Rachel Nichols show, yes, the jump where Scotty Pip Scotty Pippen said Zion should just shut it down for the rest of the season and prepare for the draft, <laughs> which is a absolutely I, I can't get behind this move enough. Um, I've said it, I've been on record as saying this before. Tate, I think guys, uh, you, you know, th- this is a thing that happens in football more often than basketball. Um, where, where guys shut it down uh, to prepare for the draft, certainly during bowl season in these meaningless games. Um. 
I've, I've been on record though. I think this should happen in basketball, and not only should it happen like with guys like Zion Williamson. I want I want it to happen. I want like a guy to be like a, a sophomore in high school and get labeled like the next big thing, and then start to shut it down there mm-hmm. and always always <laughs> live his life. His entire career is like I'm I'm sitting out in preparation for next year, and like he he shuts it down as a sophomore in high school. Then he gets to college. He decides, you know what, this isn't worth it either. He's like still the number one recruit. Everyone's got hype around him. Then he shuts it down for his college year to prepare for the draft. <laughs> and then when the draft comes, he sh- he he shuts it down because like he does like a Ben Simmons thing. Do you know like, what we call that? For, like, Do you know what Porter. we call that? The Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? You guess what it leads to? The number fourteen pick in the draft. Yes. <laughs> That's all it is. Exactly. That's all. Like, it is. I want. I want my like. Would it be the funniest, greatest thing in the world if Michael Porter Jr. had like a twelve-year NBA career and like never actually like like Greg was doing that with Portland for a while. Greg, yeah. Greg, that was that was Greg Oden's career. That's why I was like telling Greg, I was like, dude, you've got it fucking made, man. It's awesome. And then you actually see him try to walk. You're like, okay, maybe not. That's not a, that's not as awesome. Um, but yeah, that's uh, my that'd be so awesome, with Michael Porter. He's already doing it. He already did it. It's beautiful. I mean, he's going to be like Nick Collison by the end of this. Though we retire his jersey, number 14. That's just his draft selection. You know, he inspired hope within the franchise. They get the number one seed in the West. Because it is the Porter Jr. theory. You know, they they draft him 14th. And guess what? Denver Nuggets, number one in the West. I don't know. Oh, my God. Connect the dots. It all works out. Does he actually have a jersey number? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm looking. I think, I'm it, like, <laughs> I think it's not listed right now or not available. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, there's no way. Um, <laughs> He's just more of an ambassador same, same, for the team. That's what it is. In that same uh, uh, conversation with Scotty and Rachel Nichols, T Mac was was doing the thing, um, the uh, who is Duke's best player thing, because he was like, mm-hmm. he was like Scott. He goes, Scotty, do you think uh, do you think Zion's going number one? And Scotty's like, Yeah, I do. And he's like, Do you think he's the best player? And Scotty's like, Yeah, I do. And then T Mac's like, I don't know. I don't think he's the best player on his own team. And then Rachel Nichols is like, so who's the best player on his own team? Trey Jones. And T Max says, RJ Barrett. Yeah, Trey Jones. He goes, she, he goes, RJ Barrett. And Rachel Nichols goes, oh wow. So you would take RJ Barrett number one? And he's like, that's not what I said. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying he's the number on one here? pick for value, but I'm saying he's the best. That's what I'm saying. So you gotta cover he's the both best bases. player, but I would still take Zion number one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that's genius. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. So the the whole the whole Duke like complaining or they're not complaining. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me let me rephrase it. The 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 talk about Trey Jones. I understand it. Trey Jones is very very valuable to Duke. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just the point guard thing. Like like him bringing the ball up the floor and because I think like if you don't if you're not really paying attention to Duke, you, you haven't actually watched a game. You're one of those people that consumes basketball just by reading, uh, uh Twitter shit and watching highlights. Yep. Um. You would think how valuable could Trey Jones be? He brings the ball up the floor. He throws it to Zion and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, and then he stands out of the way. Um, I could do that job, but he does. He is like the the point of their defense. Duke does play fantastic defense. Uh, this is one of the best. This is certainly at this point in the season the best like one and done defensive teams that K has ever had. Yep. Um, and Trey Jones is a lot to do with that. Uh, he is very valuable. I think. It's very, very hard though to so, so I, I I get that part of it. I it, it's you're you're absolutely right that losing him is a massive loss. This is not the same Duke team without him, but it is hysterical at the same time to have the, the top three recruits in the country and have this discussion like Duke is fucked. What are they going to do now when they they have three top five picks on their team still? And um, I don't know. It's just 
Maybe that's why you don't put all your eggs in one basket when you're constructing a team. Maybe that's the value of <laughs> building a team for and, and keeping guys around for a few years. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a just a suggestion I had. When you were, you know, when you think about that Duke team too, what everyone's talking about the Trey Jones stuff, we're all judging it based on an overtime against the zone, where they weren't initiating offense, where people were standing, the ball was getting passed around, but people were just standing there. And against the zone, it looks worse when someone's not initiating the offense, obviously. And I think a lot of people were just kind of drawn in on that, and they're like, "What's Duke going to do now? They can't score without Trey Jones on the floor." And it's like, well, they were also playing that Syracuse zone. And that makes a lot of people look bad. And they couldn't make an entry pass into Zion. I mean, that was pretty much the problem. They, he was getting in the middle of the paint right there, and they couldn't make the pass inside to him. So that made everybody look bad. Uh, so um, I think I think people are freaking out what, a little bit too early. What's going to happen, by the way, is uh, you you mentioned is Zion going to bring the ball up? Uh, K <laughs> is they're they're going to do away with point guards. They're yeah. just going to let whoever gets the rebound push the ball, and then K is going to get credit for inventing positionless basketball with this team. <laughs> It's going to be like, wow, has positionless basketball finally made its way to, to college, college basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, First it the three-point no revolution with it. J.J. Redick, now positionless <laughs> yeah. basketball. It's Coach K the greatest. In a word, yes. Um, But uh, uh, speaking of speaking of like injuries and stuff, oh, we should talk more about the – I don't know where I want to take this. Do we want to talk about Virginia? Let's talk about Virginia a little bit. Let's talk okay. about the game coming up. Because we're already on Duke, I, I wanted. To, I, we're talking about injuries. I want to talk about Josh Langford because there's some there's some Michael Porter shit going on with that, and you got me excited. You bring up Michael Porter. We're talking about injuries. Uh, we'll get to Josh Langford stuff in a second. But can um, we? Can, can we? But, but can I? This is the perfect transition into the Duke. We'll do an injured ego. Here's an injured ego. The Cameron Cameron Crazies have injured their ego. Yes. KJ Mara no longer coming. This is news, folks. This is a headline. KJ, KJ Mara of UMBC fame no longer coming to Duke's men's basketball game because Ryan Odom, the coach of the Retrievers, the man that upset Virginia, called Coach K and basically was begging him not to let it happen. He was like, he called Coach K multiple times. Of course, Coach K just, you know, let it go to voicemail. Uh, but he had he was requesting that KJ not be in attendance, and uh, he's not going to be at this game. So that was a big loss for the five hundred and fifty-five dollars that the Cameron Crazies raised to bring him there. Five hundred and fifty-five dollars. That is very close to six hundred and sixty-six dollars, and that is exactly Ooh. what they would have raised back in the day if they were still as evil as they used to be. So not quite there, Crazies. Can we can we talk a little bit about beyond just the KJ Mara thing? The crazies uh, for this for this big Virginia game, just the whole idea of Duke co opting the UMBC game for themselves <laughs> is, I mean, my God, you're the number one team in the country and you're playing at home and you have to resort to like taking credit for a sixteen like let the sixteen seed. This is stolen valor, Tate. Is it not? Because yeah. I saw uh, I saw I saw that they they printed out like little uh, paper shits that say UMBC on them. They're going to hold them up. And like the guy, the guy who organized the uh, the KJ Mara trip, the 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 Duke student that organized that stuff. I was reading this article, and he's he's his quote is something like, "It's okay that KJ Mara is not coming. We're still going to remind Virginia about how they lost to UMBC last year. All game, we'll still be loud and in their face and remind them." Uh, can, can we remind you that you got your you lost to Virginia on your home court last year? Yes. Like Duke did not beat Virginia last year. I this is this is bizarre. This is very this is unbecoming of Duke basketball, Tate. 
This is a this is a low for them. That's what I'm saying. Be better. Yeah. Act like you've been there before. It's not even taking credit for a win that you had nothing to do with. It's it's not what it used to be. That's what I'm saying. It's it feels more fabricated than ever. And you know, Ty Jerome last year, what he did to them. I mean, there was that picture that was going around yesterday. But you know, Jerome's in the house. He's ready. He's ready for this whole thing. This is what he lives for. He lives to be in Cameron. I think talking shit to Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter is not the way to play it. You know what I mean? To play like you don't even know their names because they lost to a 16 seed. To play like you have no idea who they are because they lost to a 16 seed is the old Duke way to play it. You know what I mean? Like the, the mm-hmm. pompousness of that, you know, to to be so above them that they don't even recognize them because they lost to a 16 seed. That is the J.J. Redick, Lee Melchione, Duke Cram- Cameron Crazies that you expect. So this, this feels short. I, I feel slighted by it, you know what I mean? Because I, I take pride in the rivalry. I take pride in what they're able to do and deliver um, because, you know, it... it it takes some effort from their part, but it's a uh, it's a sad day in Cameron. But let's talk about Virginia because that's what really matters. Ty Jerome, mm-hmm. Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, the big three. They're ready to roll. Uh, they're tweeting out pictures. They suffocated Virginia Tech. All these people had Virginia Tech uh, that was going to come in. Even before the game, Reese Davis is calling the Carolina game, and he's like, and watch out, the Wahoos. Uh, you know, we got a chance. And then, you know, 20 minutes into the Carolina game, at halftime, he looks at the score, and he's like, well, that game's over because it was 44-22, to 22, and that's what Virginia does. If they're up 8 to 10 points, it's pretty much game over. And if they do that to Duke and suffocate Duke like they did against Virginia Tech, it's going to be a long day in Durham. Yeah, uh, Virginia is, again, I have to like stop myself because I understand how stupid it sounds when I say it. Virginia's different. They're different. (laughs) Virginia basketball, colon, this time we're different, part seven. We promise. Is the story of this Virginia team. This time we're different, in parentheses, we promise. It's Um, it's the BP moment. they they are what they hang eighty one on Virginia Tech yes a team that beat them last year a top ten team they're terrifying dude tie ball game is playing out of his mind uh it, it it's everything's clicking for them Virginia is definitely the best team in the country right now I think I think we can all agree on that right yes you agree on that yes hundred yeah. percent um in fact I would say how do I don't know you, you're the gambling guy you're the guy that does the the against all odds with Sal um. <laughs> <laughs> do we think that not not to steal okay. the guest line? Every suburban guy has to have a gambling guy. Also, that's another guy to throw in there. Yes, there you go. Yep. Do you think that uh, Virginia? There's a chance Virginia's favored in this game. No way. No chance. Zero chance. Okay, so how do I bet on Virginia to cover then in that case? <laughs> because I think Virginia. I think there's like a my you know if ESPN can come up with those bullshit percentages when they you're going into a game and they're mm-hmm. like there's a 71 percent chance this team wins. I think I think Virginia's got like a 60, 65 to seventy percent. Let's just say sixty nine percent chance to win. Mm, nice. I really do. I think Virginia is like. I would be more surprised if Duke won this game on Saturday than if Virginia won. That's where I'm at right now. And I think uh-huh. I I agree with that a hundred percent because uh, I think this game is kind of set. Up. I thought that Virginia Tech was going to be the trap game for Virginia. And uh, I think that they took it personally that, that they lost to Virginia Tech last year. So they came out, kind of hit him in the mouth. And, I mean, Hunter was amazing in that game. He had 21. Kyle Guy and Jerome, like you said, were amazing. And then Clark and Key, Braxton Key, who transferred in, those two guys, uh, I mean, it, it's not just the usual suspects. I mean, I think I said that last time, but, it, you know, Diakite, Jack Salt, all those guys we all know. Um, but I could totally see Duke having one of those games where the athleticism just is overwhelming, and they come out pissed off because they lost that game. Zion, when he walked off the floor against, floor against Syracuse, I mean, you could just see it in his face. 
I mean, that guy took it personally. And that's why the Scottie Pippen thing, thing was so funny because it comes out, Scottie's like, you know, he should sit out. And I guess maybe in a vacuum, sure. If you're Ben Simmons, sit out. Why not? I mean, LSU's not going to do anything anyway. But Zion's playing on the biggest stage in the world. He's got this huge brand behind him. This, you know, he's going to – why would he not? This is this is a cash out for him, you know what I mean? So he's going to come out and play on this big stage. Everybody's talking about it. We know what it is. It's one versus one. We talked about that on the last show. So it's – I wouldn't be surprised if Zion has like one of these like 40, 15, and 15 games and everyone finally Tracy McGrady says I'd take him <laughs> number one. 40, 15. I'm telling you, it's gonna be I I that guy if he gets Virginia. I wish that he would just take the ball away from RJ Barrett and just hold it the whole time. He just he RJ Barrett's RJ. <laughs> he freezes him out. He pulls the um, Isaiah Thomas. Virginia is at a right now. Virginia is higher than Duke on uh, Kim Palm, which mm. we we Virginia is the number one team in the country on Kim Palm, which is is gospel in this program. Uh, but they are they are ranked ahead of Duke in both offense and defense. So uh, there is that. According to Kim Palm, Virginia team, is better at both facets. It's of the Cameron game. Indoor. They Cam- are a better team. Cameron Indoor is a ten to fifteen point advantage. It's going to be hot in there. <laughs> They're going to turn up the heat. Coach K is going to be on another level. This is a this is a redemption game for Coach K for what happened against Syracuse, and I'm telling you, I I think it may open up things more that they that they're you know having to play with a less rotation and having to cut the rotation down because it's just going to be Zion's going to play 38 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. We buried the lead by the way with Virginia. Um, Kyle Guy follows the OSP account on Twitter now. Oh wow, this is big news. Yeah. I forgot to I forgot to mention that 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 should have been the first thing we talked about. Did you uh, DMM you up? We are officially Kyle guys guys. Is there is there? Do you think Tate? And I'm speaking hyper. I I I don't want to jinx anything, but I also am, I want to speak it into existence. So I'm I'm caught in between two minds here. Uh, I'm going to lean towards speaking it into existence. The Lavar route. Is there yes. a way we slide into the DMs when Virginia beats Duke? Could we cross the beams and uh, just just create a black hole by having Kyle Guy on this very podcast <laughs> on Monday <laughs> or Tuesday or behind the curtain, it is, folks? This is how it works. The podcast. Whenever we can find the studio space, yes, yes, all TBD. Yes, is all. We got to celebrate Martin Luther King on Monday, so can't do it then. Maybe Tuesday. Uh, uh, yes, I think there is a chance of that. Why not? I mean, Kyle Guy. This is let's a, go for it's, it. It's an open invitation, Kyle Guy. Whenever you want to come on, yes. Ty Jerome also has that luxury. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter, pretty much anyone. We are sponsored by Virginia Basketball at this point. Tony Bennett, you want to come on? Sing a Tony. Bennett song, Tony on Tony, whatever you want to do. Uh, yes, I think I think that it would be worth Kyle Guy to finally do a Kyle Guy segment himself. You know what I mean? That'd be a nice break the fourth wall moment. I'm just worried because I feel like if if we get Kyle Guy on to do a uh, he could do uh, Kyle's guy actual Kyle cool Guy segment. Kyle will be jealous. Um, yeah, how do we? How, where do we go from there? Oh, that's we're, right. We're, like Diani, we just cancel the pod. We'll, sh- we'll show him clips. Yeah. No, we won't cancel the pod. Um, <laughs> One other note. One other note on the Virginia game coming up. Uh, Jay Huff, the uh, the other big white guy from yes. Virginia. That should that should like almost. You should, should just put that on the back of his jersey. Just the <laughs> other big white guy for Virginia, who's actually better than the real white guy, but it, not. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a whole. You know, he's a better basketball player, but is he better at being a blocker in the Virginia system? The answer is no. But he is better at basketball. Anyway, uh, Jay Huff is from Durham, Tate. 
Yes. Keep that in mind. Homecoming. He didn't play in the game last year. Yeah. Is homecoming this, game. Is this now the Jay off? Yeah. Is Jay Williams versus Jay Huff? Who who mm. who is yeah. who is more beloved in Durham? Let's figure that out. That's great. We're I forgot about that. We're are are you uh are you mentally prepared for the Jay Will uh ripping his dress shirt off to reveal his Duke jersey underneath uh at, at college game day in Cameron and then he turns around and to the crazies and just that whole scene, that whole that whole scene of him, you he knows deep in his heart that Duke's going to lose that night, but he's still. And and side note, do you think <laughs> Jay Will when he rips off his shirt and he's got the Duke jersey, uh, is it going to be his own jersey? Because yes. I would almost respect him for that if he was wearing the twenty two. <laughs> it would be better. If, I'm sure he'll be wearing the Zion. I'm sure he'll have the Zion, and it'll be flipped around like crisscross, oh, where it says man. Williamson up front, You're good at this, and man. then it'll be like Jay Williams, Williamson. You know, everyone's yeah, everyone's. Everyone's oh, all yeah. everyone's all in, in in on it. I also have you seen the stat that they keep showing up? Zion has the most steals uh, as a Duke freshman since what Duke freshman? They keep asking him this. Have you have you seen this? Is the, I've seen it happen three times. Happened on Get Up. Happened on uh, what else did it happen on uh, College Game Day? And then it happened just on a Sports Center segment. But they ask him that question, and the answer is obviously Jay will. And he had thirty seven steals at this point in the season. Zion has thirty one. We we all know that. So. I'm just wondering how many times we're going to get these trivia questions that the obvious answer is Jay Williams. Is Jay Williams writing these himself? If so, then that impresses me because he's going to have to look up his own stats, figure this out, then compare it with Zion, and then get it in the program. And that, to me, is dedication. Mm -hmm. That's some Skip Bayless dedication to the brand. So I'm hoping that that happens again. I hope we get that trivia question because, again, the answer is 37 steals, Jason Williams, or the artist formerly known as Jason Williams. For anyone that wants to know that. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for the game, as we all should be. It's <laughs> going to be the best game of the year, go, or at least it feels like it should be going in. Uh, number one versus number one. Doesn't get any better than mm-hmm. that. Uh, Virginia fans are going to be pissed at us, Tate, because we just talk mostly about Duke. But um, we know the deal. Virginia's going to win. We're talking about Duke because Duke's about to die. You're about to kill Duke. Uh, and then next week, we're going to talk about how Virginia beat Duke. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the plan, anyway. Kingslayers. K-slayers. Um, can we talk about Josh Langford a little bit? Because this is fascinating to me. Uh, I let, let, I, let me again, set this up for you because this is all you. This is Big Ten basketball. I don't. I yeah. you know I I dip my toes into the Big Ten every once in a while just to kind of see what's going on. What's going on with Romeo Langford? How's Purdue doing? Did they get more money? Are they going to get you know more football facilities? Whatever it may be. Uh, but Michigan State, Tom Izzo, you have created this. You have written this story before so much so that I got all the way to the top two, Tom Izzo, about manufactured controversy. But Josh Langford is dealing with a nagging injury, right? And and it looks and feels like one of those moments, Mark Titus, like you've pointed out many a times that. He he's he's telling Langford to go down so that he can build him back up. Exactly. So here's here's the let me let me paint a picture for paint you. Paint uh, We we've seen this before. I've explained the theory. Uh, most people listen to the pod. Most of the friends of the program remember. Um, there might be some newcomers that I'll explain it to. The Denzel Valentine year. Uh, Denzel Valentine it was 2015, 2016 season. Um, Michigan State. I believe I don't think they got all the way up to number one in the country at the time, but they were they were up there. It was very it was Buddy Heald versus Denzel Valentine for National Player of the Year. Michigan State was so much better than anyone thought they would be. Uh, they they were taking the country by storm. It was incredible. Denzel Valentine looked like a mini LeBron out there. He he was doing everything. Tate he's he's assisting. He's scoring. He's rebounding. He's doing other. Is things. he the next he's Draymond Denzel Green? Valentine stuff. That's the question. Yeah. Yep. 
it was incredible. Uh, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, Denzel Valentine needs a knee scope, mm. right? Uh, and we don't really know what that means. We didn't have the technology back then to understand what what is a knee scope. This was again way back in the Stone Ages, 2016. Um, we no one you just you just say knee scope, and then the general public's like, huh? I don't know what that is, and and no one questions it. Everyone just accepts that it must be this new scientific thing. They go in. They he gets knee surgery. Mm. He gets his knees cut open. He sits out for like two weeks. In those two weeks, Michigan State's struggling a little bit. Not the same team. A little worried. We're trying to figure out the new rules, what new roles on the team, whatever. Denzel Valentine comes back. Like his first game back, he's like banging out on people, leading the fast break. He looks more athletic than he did before the surgery. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you get knee surgery and come back more athletic? Uh, this was all a ploy. This was obviously fake. Uh, he comes back. He's wearing the leggings. You can't actually see the scars of his knee mm. surgery because my conspiracy theory has been, and it is it has not been disproven to this point. Uh, here we are three years later. My conspiracy theory was that the surgery was faked. He did not actually get surgery. Tom Izzo told him to just sit out. We are peaking too soon. We want to figure out, you know, we want to lose some games, go through some adversity in December and January, and then we'll get hot at the right time in March. And then it came to backfire, and they lost to Middle Tennessee State (laughs) in the first round. Anyway, I think we might be seeing a similar thing here, Tate. I think this Josh Langford injury, uh, I got my bullshit detectors going, and here's why. Not only is it the same same coach as the famous Denz Ghazi case of uh, 2016, where Denzel Valentine faked his knee surgery, it is there's this article from from Matt Norlander where he's he's writing about what what the fuck's going on in East Lansing, and he says uh, Izzo said that Langford should have his walking boot taken off his left foot by the end of the week. From there, ideally, a clearer picture on recovery will emerge. Langford mysteriously hurt himself at some point in recent weeks but no one knows when or how he asked to be taken out of the first half of Michigan state's home game versus Northern Illinois on December 29th and has not played since. Now we have a team in Michigan state that they weren't expected to be bad this year, but they lost two very, very, very good players, two lottery picks and yep. miles bridges and Jaron Jackson jr. From last year's team that lost, what was it? In the, they lost in the second, they didn't even make the sweet 16. They lost nope. in the second round to Syracuse. Yep. Um, they lose their two best players. They were not expected to be that great. And they are torching everybody. They they are some are saying they're better than Michigan. They're the best team in the Big Ten. If they're not, they're they're up there. They're a top ten team and have been for most of the season. I'm telling you, Tate, there's something fishy going on here. And, it, and this it, goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to the top. And it's also, you know, it's funny that he said that he, you know, he'll have a clearer picture when you're talking about painting it all together because you know, Izzo is basically Van Gogh at this point. He's painting it. He knows what the little points are in the season that he needs to hit for his team. He needs his team to get better uh, at a certain point, and he needs Dude. some of these other guys to step up. So we let Langford sit, said, let the other guys step up. Yeah. So let me let me uh, to, to borrow the phrase. Let me paint the picture. Um, he said that the the boot is coming off, mm. but then they're also saying that Langford could potentially be out for the rest of the year. And my question, Tate, is. Why? Why is the boot coming off then? If like you, if you have an injury that's so severe that it's going to put you out for th- the next three months, why are we taking the boot off? Yeah, what is the boot coming for off walking. for? We need you running. Yeah, it's Josh. unbelievable. So there's something definitely fishing going on, fishy going on here. Uh, Michigan State actually plays tonight. They play Nebraska. I'm not saying they're going to lose this game. I'm not saying they're going to start sucking. I'm just saying 
that they're going to, everyone's going to figure out their roles. There, there, there's, there's a, there's a scheme going on here. Everyone's figuring out their roles. There's manufactured adversity. Um, and then Josh Langford is, is going to miraculously get better. I don't know. I'll, I'll say three weeks from now. <laughs> what start of February? I'm going to say Valentine's indefinitely. Day, I'm going to say indefinitely. Therefore, indefinitely. I can cover all my bases. But yes, I think it'll happen indefinitely. Izzo says uh, it's it's a pain in a weird. Yeah, here here. Let me let me just continue in this article. It's a pain in a weird area. Izzo said, not a fifth metatarsal or Jones fracture. It doesn't seem to be broken, and so it's been a little different than most injuries. It's not like we're hiding something, huh? He literally says this. This is a direct quote. It's not like we're hiding something. <laughs> Want me to show you? I'll prove it. I'll prove it. How does he know so much about the actual break and everything, too? Is he a doctor, too? Like, is it I General have, Hospital? I have a I have a big enough ego to think him saying, it's not like we're hiding something, is a callback to when I called him out on this shit. And it, he really got asked about it in a press conference, the Denzel Valentine thing. Yeah, I think you've definitely... I've told that story yes, before. You're in his head. That he, I told the, I, I forgot to tell that part. Uh, I know I've told it before, but uh, Izzo actually confronted me in Columbus. I was working out um, in the morning. Michigan State was playing at Ohio State during a shoot around in 2016, and I was walking out of the shot, and he was walking in with the team, and he confronted me about it. <laughs> he wasn't mad. He he did put me in a headlock. That was a true story, <laughs> but it was it was a playful. You know, it's the Tom Izzo laughing as I throw my arm around your shoulder type move. It, um, it's like the classic it's not like mob we're hiding boss, something. You know what I mean? Like it's all fun and games, and they could turn it in a second. You know what I mean? It's like show right, me right exactly. Hand. Yeah, it's a little bit. He goes on. It's a little bit unknown. It's either going to start feeling better, or maybe it's something a little more serious. Are you fucking kidding me with that quote? So I don't know. I know we're spending too much time talking about the hypothetical, but this is a. Uh, this is this is juicy for conspiracy nuts like me. So, and he also just said, "I don't know." So, I mean, that's that's like the best thing you can always say. As long as you just say, "I don't know," no one can really push back on that because it's just like, "Look, I didn't say I know." There's no, it's not definite. It's indefinite. I don't know. It, he said, it, "It's either imagine imagine you go to Scooter Braun's back doctor and you're asking him, you're like, Doc, my back is just like like this is killing me. Am I gonna get better?'" He's like, I'm he not a doctor. You, quote, Who told you that? He says. It's either going to start feeling better or maybe it's something a little more serious. And that's what he tells you. <laughs> you're like, oh, thanks, Doc. Thanks for the clarity. Oh, God. Come on, Josh Langford. Get better. Can we talk about uh, Coach Cal if we're just talking about the uh, the slick back coaches, the big time coaches? Can Please. we talk can we talk about that Kentucky Georgia game? Because I don't uh, first of all, Kentucky wins the race of 69, 69-49. They win this game. Beautiful stuff done by uh, this Kentucky team. But they have this guy on Georgia. Georgia was way more interesting to me in this game than uh, that Kentucky team, even though PJ Washington, according to Jimmy Dykes, fixed his shot. He doesn't drop it. He doesn't drop the ball down anymore. Did you hear that? He's making all of his shots now. He doesn't mm-hmm. drop the ball down. Uh, this guy Nicholas Claxton on Georgia. That uh, that uh, they, first of all they have like all these southpaw left-handed guys on Georgia. The whole team is a bunch of left-handed guys, which is interesting. But Kareen has this guy Claxton, and is he not a Moses Brown like clone from UCLA? Sure. Yeah, I'll, they literally I'll go with play. This. They I'll, literally I'll say play. Yes. <laughs> they, they, well, I'm just. I, th- I think they are. I think they just might wear a different jersey. I can't believe they they play the exact same way. Uh, their bodies are built the exact same way. They have the same haircut. I was just blown away by this guy, but he's left-handed, obviously. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Crean at the end of this game does something that we saw Roy Williams and Coach Cal do, which is just the. I want to show that I appreciate you, but I'm not really sure how to really acknowledge that I appreciate you. So I'm going to keep like slapping you on the side when I give you the the handshake at the end and keep like, good job, man. Good job, man. All right, man. Good, good job, babe. Let's do another handshake. They did that about four or five times back and forth. And I just want to say it's great for Tom Crean to be in the SEC. He belongs. 
Coach Cal gave him the validation yeah. in this game. It was nice. It it does feel right, Tom Crean being at Georgia. Um, I I uh, I'm excited for that. That that feels like the right level for him. Um, Georgia's not good though. No, it's gonna take some time, Tate. No, it takes some time. I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't watch this game. I haven't watched a single Georgia game all year. I just keep popping in on the the scores. Uh, the I I keep track of what Crean's up to. I watch the scores and and see that they lose basically every time they play. Yes. But otherwise, yeah. It's, but if you're, t- uh, if you're telling me there's a guy that's le- and and I know I did know about the left-handed thing that they have like six guys that are le- it's like six right on the yeah, roster that yes. are left-handed and they all are out of control yeah. like I mean the, it just looks like they should be right-handed it looks like guys that are being forced to play left-handed I guess uh, you know what yeah you know what they should do that would make them better all those lefties uh, they should play like James Harden oh if just why not why not do that or you know, Ginobili like Barrett's gonna do yeah one of those yeah. guys you could be you could be one of those guys. You can figure it out. But Coach Cal was uh, in full form in this game, so it was good to see that. Uh, another game that I wanted to bring up to you quickly, uh, Tennessee blows out Arkansas. Um, yeah. And they continue to dominate. And then I saw this clip. I'm obviously watching too much TV because my back's thrown out, so I've been watching a lot of Get Up. Uh, so I was watching Get Up, and Penny Hardaway is on Get Up. And this is how this all relates back to uh, to <laughs> to Tennessee. So we're a month after this. And Penny Hardaway is on the show, and he says, and obviously Tennessee's having a great year. He says, and I want to see if you can dissect what what the hell he's talking about. He said he was kind of mocking the. He's talking about Rick Barnes. This is after the uh, Memphis Tennessee game. This is what Penny said. He said he was kind of mocking the NBA and our coaching staff, and I really didn't like that. Um, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. And then Dude. and then and then Admiral Schofield responds on Instagram and puts when they think we care about their opinion emoji like whatever. AO1, no soap gang. So I guess you don't wash your mouth out with soap because you can say what you want to say. Uh, Rick Barnes got yelled at his team for doing the Gator Chomp last week, and then Penny says that he, has, he was a bad sport mocking the NBA, but I don't know what it means. We mock the NBA. That's what we do, right. Penny. That's what we do. That's what we do, Penny. That's Penny, us. call us out. Yeah, call us out. That's us. Play the horns. Man, what do we got to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't really understand the whole. I I haven't understood this for a month now. They played a month ago. That was the game. The mm. uh, the big story coming out of that game, as we all remember, was the guy who took the shit in FedEx Forum <laughs> behind the concession stand. Um, so this kind of got lost in the shuffle when I was <laughs> yeah. sorting through the yes. uh, the news and notes the of shit. the yeah. Memphis versus Tennessee game. Um, but yeah, there there was a little scruffle at the end of the towards the end of the game. Uh, I think like two Memphis players get texts, and a, uh, a Tennessee player gets a tech. Um, and then and then Penny since that moment has been he's got the Chris <laughs> Collins shit going on where he like he's just lying fo- about like what happened. Yeah, you know? like yeah, the Chris yeah, Collins Purdue yeah. press yeah. press. They conference. have like video footage where none of this happens, just, and he keeps like referencing yeah. it like it did. He's talking like like guys are approaching the Memphis bench with their fi- fist clenched, like ready to throw hands, and it's like, no, that didn't really happen, Penny. And he's like, well, they were making fun of the NBA, and they're like, what? What? Which? What are you talking this is why about? You can't trust witness like, accounts. Just, you know what I mean? Like he, everything that he has said has been basically debunked, and he continues to go on national TV and yeah. say it. it's awesome. He's just like, well, I, well, I, I just didn't like it. I just thought yeah. it was classless. Just say that. Just say that over and over. I just, I just thought that was classless and. Um, <laughs> No, this is great though, man. This is this is great because uh as as we've said, we love Admiral Schofield, we love Grant Williams. Uh Rick Barnes is is also very likable. I know he, he was like easy to make jokes about at Texas because you know he had, he had Kevin DJ Durant. Augustine and Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He get DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant on his team and get blown out in the second round of the tournament. Uh of course you're gonna make jokes about him. But um 
the guy, like, he has the all shucks. He's got the Roy dadgum yes. southern charm to him, you know? Yes. And so you have this whole picture of, like, Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield are awesome dudes. They're easy to cheer for. They're nice guys, whatever whatever all that shit means. Um, <laughs> I like to see this edge in them. I like to see them gator chomping and Admiral Schofield chirping at Penny. Subtweeting. What, what, is, what is the version of subtweeting but on Instagram? That he did. Um, it's sub whatever, whatever the term sub is for that. I love it all. Sucks. It's great. Yeah, don't it's like fantastic. That. God bless Tennessee. Yeah, God bless Tennessee and Admiral Schofield. I mean, they're they're not afraid of all the people talking about him. You know what I mean? Which I really like. And and obviously they took that that loss last year personally when they lost in the tournament early on, and and they've been talking that shit ever since. So it's been great to see that. Speaking of teams talking that shit, Wake Forest beats NC State seventy one sixty seven. This is a this is a game that you take a lot of pride in, knowing that you want Wake Forest to move back to Wake Forest. Wake Forest right next to Raleigh. They get the rivalry win, 71-67. NC State goes down. So that was something else to point out that I watched during my back. That was a game that my happened. My back chronicles. Yes, I saw that game. Um, that game. Did you see the speaking – of, speaking of coaches with the, the Penny Barn stuff, because uh, I, I do want to mention this, and even if you didn't see it, I'll explain it to you. Don't worry. Um, last night, uh, Frank Haith and his oh, yeah. Tulsa team, which mm-hmm. – good good to say Frank Haith's name again. It's been a while, Frank. Yep. I missed you, buddy. Um. Frank Haith was playing UConn. They were playing in Tulsa. And Dan Hurley and Frank Haith got ejected at the same time in one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Uh, Haith was basically like talking shit to Hurley, but like it, it wasn't really that serious from what I saw. It was just he was saying something, but it wasn't like he didn't. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It didn't look like he was trying to fight the guy or like he was really that pissed off, but he was definitely saying something to Hurley and then Hurley turned and they were like talking back and forth and then the refs teed him up and then Hurley goes to shake Frank Hayes hand to like bury the hatchet and the ref, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing already. The ref, the refs thought Dan Hurley by going to shake Frank Hayes hand was like running after him to fucking kill him. <laughs> And so the ref like jumps in front of both of them, breaks them up, issues another double technical, and ejects them both at the same time, Tate. And b- both of them were like, what? We we were trying to shake hands and bury the head. Like, it wasn't even a serious thing. And uh, I don't know. I it, it was it was absolutely preposterous, but at the same time, Dan Hurley has kind of dug his own grave with this. Yes. Like, when you start taking Dan charges Hurley, from players on the other team, you know. Right. That's about the time. <laughs> If I see Dan Hurley moving in the direction of somebody, I'm assuming he's going to like do some yeah, crazy I'm, shit. I'm assuming it's an attack. You know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be a lighthearted thing. I was I got the quotes put up. He said, "I've never seen anything like that." This is Dan Hurley. I've never seen anything like that. It was surreal. I would say, watch what happened on TV. It's very clear. I was talking to the official. They escalated the situation. So uh, he said he's known Frank for. This is the quote, probably 15, then he says 18, then he says 20 years, back to when I was a high school coach. So I don't know what the answer is there, 15, 18, 20, but they've known each other for a long time. It was just a competitive discussion, which I like that when you get in arguments, you don't say it's an argument, it was a competitive discussion. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we actually like each other. Like, yeah, I, I'm, actually too. Like, I'm actually laughing. I'm actually laughing. I'm actually laughing. We're friends. <laughs> like, this is, is the, you know, like what if Jim Bay, <laughs> Jim Bay, I was playing. He's played at Cameron Indoor the year that he comes flying out with his jacket and th- that whole thing. We all know that game. Yes. If, if the refs go to toss him and he turns around, he's like, I've been friends with Mike for years. Like, come on. Come on. We're friends. <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> I love you, man. Just keep yelling, uh, uh, yeah. Hurley said, this, this was my favorite quote from the whole ordeal. Hurley said, uh, 
That was bad. An embarrassment for the league. Embarrassing for me and Frank and our programs and universities. And then th- this is the best part of the quote because this is the reverse Patino. Pay attention mm-hmm. to what happens here, Tate. Even though I believe that that's on the officials and the way they handled it, I'd yeah. like to apologize to the university and the fans for that. Wow. So that's a good guy move right there. Yeah. He's I'm like, going to put the blame or, or on is them because it? it is their fault. But I'll take the I'll take. Or is some it a blame. subtle... Yeah, it's a subtle shot. Yeah, sure. it, or it's the same move as Patino, just like reversed, right? Yes. Yeah. The reverse yeah, piece. That's the same move. <laughs> that is the same. Even though I believe that's on the officials, I'd like to apologize to the university. Because Patino would say, I would like to apologize, but it's not my fault. Hurley did the obvious, the same move, yes. just flipped the... Apologize. Okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But what makes it no, what makes it especially noteworthy, Tate, is that uh, Mick Cronin also got ejected. And there is an epidemic in the American Athletic Conference. <laughs> Mick Cronin was ejected in Cincinnati's game on Tuesday, I believe, against South Florida. Yep. Uh, First time in 426 he, games he was tossed. Yeah. Good he, for him. He, his quote was, he explained it in his post-game press conference. He said, it was a shot clock violation. And I said, what? Um, I got teed. I've tried to get teed. When I when I went to find out why I got a T or I, I I let me get the cadence right. He goes, I got teed and I've tried to get teed. Like he's saying I've tried to get text before. But when I, I went to to find out why I got a T, because when other people are cursing and chasing people around and you say what and get a T, the guy said, Because I put my hands up. This is a very confusing quote, but let's just focus on <laughs> how confused. he kept calling it T's. Yes. What a what a what a great thing that we changed the name of our podcast. Yeah, could you imagine we if we, could were, just, we, were, we had teed up and we could just play that, you know? And play Ray Shrimmer teed up. Just, just keep rolling through. Uh, it'd be so good. Uh, you know what he, my favorite thing he said? He said, what they did, they almost penalized a That's group a of kids flip, and they should be suspended. That's what you got to do. You got to flip it on them. <laughs> they should be suspended. It's, 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 yeah, instead, the league office is monitoring my press conference right now to see if I say anything wrong. That's the problem with our sport. It's not... The backdropping, it's not uh, nope. not all this other stuff that goes on with the moral quandaries of college basketball. The exploitation. It is this. It's not the... It is this. It's Mick Cronin getting tossed in this game so we cannot reach these kids. That's yep. what's wrong. That's that's the one thing that's wrong with the sport. Um, also, it was Dan Hurley's yeah, birthday is, when he got what tossed. What do you do when you get tossed? Did you know that? I just looked that up. Oh, you it was wait his around? birthday? It was his birthday when he got tossed. I, I did know that this was the first game Chill. that Dan Hurley has yeah. coached at UConn outside of the Eastern time zone. Uh... Because I, I was trying to start. We should start a bingo card. Um, will Dan Hurley in his UConn career get ejected in every time zone in America? I think this can be possible. He's been, he was ejected in Madison Square Garden against Iowa. Yes. Yeah, we remember this. So, this, he, how many games are we into the season? Like 17 games into the season, Dan Hurley's been ejected twice at UConn. <laughs> He's taking a charge on the sidelines. He's like chest bumped his player and slapped him in the face and then sh- shook Jim Beheim's hand. My God, and he's one and what four, and he's one and four in conference play. <laughs> he's one and four. In the conference. <laughs> he's he's done all this to go one and four. What does he What does he have to do? What I'm saying. What does he have to do to to at least be 500? I mean, I he's got to take some more charges. I guess maybe maybe run over some people. I don't know. Drive he's the lost, basket. He's lost. UConn has lost five of six. They would be in last place in the American if not for uh, the 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 basement dwellers of East Carolina and Tulane who. Uh, Almost shouldn't even count. So you take those guys out. UConn is in last place in the conference. But it's been a fun season. It's been great for content. Thank you so much for that, Dan Hurley. Thank um, you, Dan Hurley. Yeah. We need, but, but this is just a reminder. We need ref press conferences. We really do need that. Because mm. I think people want ref press conferences to to hold refs accountable for like out-of-bounds calls and 
that guy was definitely on the line and you didn't call it at the end of the game and you cost us a win or, uh, you know, bullshit like that. That's, that's when fans really want the refs to be yeah. held accountable. Mm-hmm. I want ref press conferences after games for this stuff, for when like Mick Cronin's out there calling, calling refs is a tough guy. That, that was like the, that was the part of the Cronin quote. He said, he said his tough guy buddy threw me out. He was calling the refs tough guys, <laughs> which is like hilarious coming from Cronin. He's like five fives and talks shit to everybody. Um, I, I want the refs to do the press conferences so they can chirp back at these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I want a ref to have a press conference after that and be like, sir, Mick Cronin was saying that you're just a tough guy and that you penalized the kids. Your thoughts. And then we hear the refs take, and that would be awesome. And he, he, just, he just flips it back the other way and says that. Also, crazy enough, as soon as you just started talking about, like, ref press, press conferences and making them have their awesome. own press conference, TV Teddy followed the account. Ted Valentine followed our account right when he said that. <laughs> He said he said he agrees. He's willing to do the first one, but first he's going to do his own rendition of Hamilton, uh, and then and then he'll get to all the stuff that you want to ask him. Uh, can we talk about the must bus and just the uh, the wheels on the bus aren't moving as quickly and as great as they used to because they almost lost Please. to Boise State. Uh, Musselman said he didn't panic the whole game, even though they won this game by one point on a Cody Martin three. And when you think about that, here's why that's crazy. Cody Martin shoots twenty one percent from three. He had missed his previous 15 shots from three. He had missed all of his three-point shots in conference play before he hit the shot. And he hadn't made a a three-pointer in 31 days before he made the game winner. Mm. But shoot that shot with confidence. And it went in. Next one's going in. And that one's going in. (laughs) That one's going in for the must bus. uh, And they they survived. Still 17-1. and But you're worried. Are you worried about must and and what's going on with this team? Uh, we're not recording, right? Like we 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 stopped recording the pod. Yes, so we yes, can, we turned it off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. M- mics are off. Okay. I think I'm off the must bus. I think. I think the uh the UCLA like uh, listen this is game I'm not breaking news here Tate this is a this is a dirty business we're in you know a lot of politicking going on a lot of uh you know scratching one guy's back stabbing mm. another guy in the back. You got to do what you can to get ahead in this business. It's dirty. Got to have lie. a bad guy. You, know, uh, you don't want to get stabbed in the back. I was on the must bus because I just I'm I was looking down the road and I was thinking this man is going to be the head coach of UCLA mm. and I'm going to have a front seat on the must bus on on the bus that is in one of the most prestigious basketball programs in this country. This is great. I got to get my ticket on the must bus and ride this thing all the way to Westwood and this is going to be awesome. Mm. And now it's. I don't think he's getting hired by UCLA Tate. I don't think it's happening. No, so, it's not. It's I don't not. know. And and I don't think Nevada. Nevada doesn't play good enough defense. They they lost to like Nevada losing at New Mexico by twenty seven. Like the, even if Nevada wins the national title, they should still like not get the national championship trail. Like they should like Mark Emmert should come out. I guess he's not the one who presents the trophy, is he? Uh, they come out and give the trophy. It's and they're Jim like, Nance, and it's a tie. Eh, well, we, yeah, it's Jim, Jim Nance with the tie. Jim Nance comes out and he's like, congratulations <laughs> on winning the NSA tournament. Oh, However, my. it says here, you lost to New Mexico by 27 mm-hmm. earlier this year. So we, I'm sorry we cannot give you this trophy, but uh, great season nonetheless. Uh, congratulations, Duke. You're the new champion. <laughs> yeah, Zion grabs it, just pulls it <laughs> out. Know, uh, People go crazy. Yeah, like I can't, I, I, will, I will not get over a 27-point loss at New Mexico. Um yeah, so I think I'm off the must bus, but as I said, this is a dirty business. You and I are flip floppers. We we you know thank God we're not recording this part of the pod, mm. and this is definitely not going up for mm. public consumption. But uh, 
yeah, I, I, I can be flipped back, you know? Maybe there's something that changes my mind, but right now, I'm worried. We I'm call that... worried about the must bus. We call that yeah. the USC job. Yeah, there you Yeah, if... if it depends on it depends on what job he gets, and then uh, I'm gonna have Kyle delete these everything I just said from the archives of the podcast, and I'm gonna text Muss, and we're gonna get his number from Lombardi and text him, and be like, "My guy, Muss, you did it again, you son of a bitch! Congrats, yeah. buddy! Yeah, get over here, come here, yeah, come here, you! Perfect. Oh, oh man, uh, you got any shout outs before we get to dirty laundry? Uh, I want to shout out Trey Young because I think a lot of people are, you know, obviously Doncic has okay. been amazing uh, and people are very excited about how well he's played. But I watched that Hawks game the other night when they beat the Thunder and I really enjoyed watching Trey Young play. He plays hard. You can tell his teammates like him. John Collins, John the Baptist himself is amazing and fun to watch. That Hawks team is great. They have Vince Carter come off the bench. And by great, I mean fun to watch. Not actually going to win a lot of games, but uh I just want to shout out Trey Young because I feel like we did him dirty. We turned off of him. We let the we let the mass media turn us off on Trey Young. And I don't want to be that guy. So Trey Young, way to go. 24 and 11. Yeah. We're cheering. We're, we're yeah. pulling for you, Trey Young. We're, uh, yeah. Were, were we a part of this? I forget how we covered Trey Young. No, we were, we were on his side the whole we time. We were on right? his side. We, we weren't part of the machine that hyped him up and pushed him to the moon. And then. Tore him Once down. he was up there, <laughs> we, we worked as hard as we could to tear him back down. We, we yeah, got back on the spaceship and said, well, see you later. Yeah, see, <laughs> see you, bitch. Um, yeah, shout out Trey Young. Uh, I want to shout out Jalen Fisher, who is transferring from TCU. Wow. Uh, it has not yeah. been a great couple weeks for my TCU Horn Frog State. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on. There's some Josh Langford shit going on with Jalen Fisher as well. It's very mysterious. It, it's the knee, the knee injury that he had over the summer that made him sit out the start of this year. Then he came back. He played a little bit. They beat SMU. Uh, obviously, he he had the big brace and the, the sleeve over the brace and all that. And I think it's the same injury that has him out. But instead of getting better and coming back, he's now tra- he's like out for the year and also transferring. And I don't know what the fuck's going on down there, but uh, I'm sorry. If I had anything to do with this, I'm sorry, but I think this was... Listen, in the, in the words of Dan Hurley, if I had anything to do with this, I'm very, very sorry, but this was the ref's fault. Yes. And this, let's never forget that. Yeah. So, I anyway, Jalen Fisher from Memphis, by the way. Ooh. Just keep that in mind as he's as we're trying to figure out where he's transferring to. Penny just looked down and said, not a five-star pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I will say, Fisher. Uh, you talked about the refs having their own press conference. We should get these doctors to have their own press conferences to explain what's going on with these guys. You know what I mean? They they play such a pivotal mm-hmm. role, and you you know that was one of the recruiting things that Crean and in Indiana tried to use against Duke. I remember back in the day, in some of these recruiting battles, they would just say, "Our doctors are better. Like we'll take care of Ooh. you." And uh, so sometimes maybe <laughs> Jalen Fisher wants to go to better doctors that aren't in uh, you know aren't there with TCU. So that could be it. That could be it. Blame the doctors. I, I, I don't think that. I, I don't think that's it. I don't <laughs> that think that's it, it. But blame the doctors. <laughs> don't blame it yourself. Don't blame uh, your team. Don't blame your coach. Blame the doctors or the refs. I want to give uh, some more thoughts and prayers to Bob Huggins, who is currently zero and five in the Big Twelve. And um, I know we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was only one week ago. I don't really know. I don't know how time works. Um, but it's 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 been a tough year for Huggy Bear, and I just I, I want everyone to keep him in your thoughts and prayers because. You just, I don't know. You just never know when this man is going to snap and just quit in the middle of the season and say, fuck it, I don't need this shit. <laughs> and then just go to Florida and fish for the rest of the season. And that's within the realm of possibility with this guy. So let's all let's all throw our positive vibes his way. Let him know we appreciate him. 
Uh, and and we need him around. We need we need West Virginia to get better. So thoughts and prayers, Bob. Thoughts and prayers, Bob. Just hang in there, buddy. Come on, hang in there, bear. buddy. And then and then finally, uh, before we get to dirty laundry, I wanted to say uh, the Levar Ball thing. Um, he is charging three thousand five hundred dollars for uh, uh, his, Lamelo Ball is playing in Kentucky, and he's charging people three thousand five hundred dollars if you want to cover the game. And I just wanted to put that out there, Tate, because it's been a while since we mentioned that guy's name. Good for him. I can't believe he's still eligible to play at one of the top programs in college basketball. That's going to be great. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch that. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Even though he's broken every rule, he can still do it. All right, let's do dirty laundry. So Kyle, uh, I got one. All right. Yeah. You, all right, you have a Kyle, couple. You got some so stories for us. It seem like we're totally unprepared. Uh, uh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I Kyle, one. I knew you weren't gonna. I knew you weren't gonna prepare, so I did it for you. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You have. You have. Like I said at the top, you have seven hundred other podcasts you're working on. We get it. We get it. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not getting on you. I was. I was ready for this. Um. I want to start by saying this. Th- this is the first story, and uh, it's not. A, it, I'm not gonna actually tell the story. I'm just gonna tell. I'll, you, you'll, you'll hear what I'm saying. Some guy sent us a story into the, the OSP DMs uh, explaining this Purdue project that's going on because he he, he brought it up because of our our uh, our love for the Purdue Day of Giving, Tate. Yes. We, we've mentioned the Purdue Day of Giving many times and how hysterical it is to us that Purdue just has this day where everyone gives them money. Um, that's really funny to us. So some guy slides into our DMs and he, ca- he came with sources. He had link after link after link and he's 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 throwing out this whole story about um, Purdue is doing this thing, this project they have going on at Purdue University, and apparently, like the guy in charge of the project is a white collar criminal mm. and has like defrauded people for years and years. And there's like link after link to all this stuff. And 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 the guy the guy wrote this long story and he's naming names and it was this big expose and I and I read it and I was like I got to read that shit on Dirty Laundry, but at the same time. Um, I don't want to fuck up the details because this was this was insane. So I want to give that guy a shout out. Thank you so much for the story. We did read it. We appreciated it. But I do not have the balls to share that story on here because we will be getting a call from Purdue's lawyers if I actually <laughs> yeah. spill all the beans. We, uh, <laughs> we don't want to be spotlight. Yeah, but it was juicy, man. Yeah, maybe. You should definitely read it. I'll, I'll forward you. or You have you have access. Can you send me the cliff read the, read the Read the DM. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here, here are some stories. I was a manager for a small NAIA Christian college for two years, and we have had a good basketball team for the past decade or so. However, our coach is kind of a nut and one of the more awkward guys to have a conversation with. And basically everybody knows this, but he wins games, so it's whatever. So my duty was to break down film and get him whatever clips he needed. My freshman year, when I got to campus, he called me to his office for what I presumed was to talk about his expectations for me that year and so on. I get to his office, and he is going through his, all of his emails. We begin to make awkward small talk, and I see him pull up an email from, quote, an all-American dad. I instantly begin to think, what the fuck is going on? And he pulls up an article called How to Talk to Your Son About Pornography and proceeds to read it out loud to me for the next 20 minutes. I don't even know what to say, so after this is done and our meeting ended, where no basketball was ever even mentioned, by the way, he says to me as I'm walking out the door, we grew stronger together today, Nick. Let's have a phenomenal season. And then I left. (laughs) Okay, that is that, uh, that is dirty laundry. Movie. That is trademark dirty laundry. That yeah. was a good one. Um. Oh, this guy. This guy just says, but I, I have this listed. Uh, this guy just says, I I just listened to the most recent dirty laundry, and I play D three. I play at a D three school and can't confirm that I've had teammates 
drink before slash during games. It is a thing. And then I remember I clicked on this guy profile and he definitely does play D three basketball. So just one guy backing up the claim that I had. Um or that you had that people were drinking. Remember that? And I was like, yes. I don't believe that that's actually a thing. It this happens. guy's saying it did. Yeah. Okay. Um we had a volunteer assistant that was in charge of tracking various stats throughout the game, such as substitutions, turnovers, and fouls. One game, one of our starters gets a foul earlier in the second half, and the, and he shout and the uh, the volunteer guy shouts out, "Coach, he's got four. The assistant coach in front of him immediately turns around and yells, "No, he fucking doesn't," which causes this volunteer assistant to apologize for the next minute while the head coach completely tunes him out. Moral of the story, you can never have enough guys tracking stuff behind the bench, and the head coach 99.9% of the time isn't going to listen dirty to job. you if it's you are one of the assistants seated right next to him. There you go. It's a dirty uh, job. I mean, Tate, it sucks. We it's, should it sucks to have to keep up with all that. Too many numbers. I think that's the job that we need. I think we could do that. I genuinely think that we could figure out a coach that would let us do that. Like it's some, some tiny-ass college, let us track uh, deflections or something behind the bench. Yes. Can we turn this into of a course. ringer content somehow? Like a video series where we send the whole video team to videotape us sitting behind the bench, tracking fouls, and then just telling the coach, coach, he's got four. You hear that, Kyle? You got to video <laughs> us on your phone sitting behind the bench. <laughs> every we should every single foul, we say, coach, he's got four. <laughs> yeah. It's four, coach. Just four. <laughs> to, start, to start the game, first foul of the game. Coach, that's four on. We got to take him out. <laughs> just yell four the whole time um, like it's a play. All right, I got a couple, three more. Uh, we were down five points with three or four minutes left against what was supposed to be our rival in seventh grade. Ooh, I love these ones. The seventh grade ones are the best ones. Uh, when our coach put it, okay, so we were down five points with three or four minutes left against our rival when our coach put in our bench warmers and our opponent won going away. The only context you need about our coach for the rest of the story is that he had the most hoarse voice I've ever heard, like a slightly toned down but more constipated Macho Man Randy Savage and overused the word boys to a ridiculous extent. When we got to the locker room and asked why, asked him why he pulled the starters, he said, game was over, boys. Then, he told, then we Hamilton. told him we were... <laughs> the game was over. Dana, the game was over. Um, then we told him we were only down five with a few minutes left, and he said, really? Sorry about that, boys, but then quickly covered his tracks. The things you boys got to realize is that in a few years... And then he starts pointing out various 12 and 13 year olds in the room. This guy might be out drinking and screwing women. This guy might be out drinking and screwing women. So the rest of you boys better be able to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. That is, that is if Kyle coached junior high basketball. Here's the thing, boys. Few of you are going to be warm in bar stools in the next five (laughs) years. So they're they're driving back from a game. Yeah. What's what's the age limit again? Twelve. Kyle, Kyle's a little league baseball coach that he's got the truck and there's beer cans and you, in the back. After your game, when you win, you get in the back of his truck and go to Dairy Queen. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is how it worked in Carolina, Tate. This is how it worked in the Midwest. You you pile into the guy's truck and then you go to Dairy Queen and you all get to spend seventy five cents on whatever treat you want. Um, Kyle's that coach, but he goes to Hooters. He's like, all right, boys, if we win. You guys like darts? Jump in the back of my truck, <laughs> and we're taking you to Hooters. Straight to Hooters. Uh, you guys like darts? God damn it. You guys like owls? All right, here's another one. I sit right behind the scores table for almost every Cal basketball game. This gives me a great look at head coaches. Under the cover of anonymity, I can report to the uh, that the extent of Joaquin Jones' coaching is yelling shit as Cal messes up. Mm. <laughs> 
the Steve Alford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, the guy behind me who says sack up freshman to every freshman uh, does more coaching than Y King. Sean Miller was literally testing out new plays against my beloved Bears, calling out for his guys to run some good action <laughs> or let's try some stuff on offense. He also <laughs> lost his voice three minutes into the game. But most importantly, I spent the night at a hotel in Walnut Creek with the must bus and his Nevada Wolfpack. I hit the gym alongside Muscleman in the morning, and I can report that he is an all right, I did eight reps once, that's plenty type of guy in the weight room. Jesus. And did exclusively shoulder workouts. Also, his Adidas gear sucked. (laughs) There you go. He's a second half guy with workouts also. That was the the first one. That was the morning workout. Uh, That's not the real one. That reminds me of my guy, Jeff Bowles, who I give shout-outs to for for, uh, uh, coaching Stony Brook to his road victories. Um... That was that was that's a Jeff Bowles move yeah. where he he Jeff Bowles walks around in the weight room and he'll literally pick up weights and set them back down and he considers that his workout like he'll just like pick up a thirty five pound and he'll look at it, he's like oh hey, what's this guy All hey right. better and than nothing right that's what they say and then he'll leave. <laughs> all right last one and then we'll get out of here I played for an NAIA school for a few years when I found out that a team in our conference had one of their coaches firing during the season. I had a friend on the team, so I reached out to him and found out that both of the men's and women's coach were fired for hooking up with each other despite both being married. They fired the coaches one month apart after they served suspensions and said it was for personal matters. They didn't want to fire I have them one at man- the same time. I have an actual manager story. So I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Love it. Love it. You know what I've learned? You know. Okay, I was going to say, what I've learned from doing Dirty Laundry in the couple years we've done this and all the stories we get in Tate is that the the lower levels is where the wildest shit happens, like the NAIA or Division three. Um, the Christian schools is where the wildest shit happens, and women's basketball in general is where the wildest shit seems to happen. Like those three, if you could find me like a a small, an NAIA Christian school women's team, I feel like all that's that that yeah. program has the most insane stories. Yeah. That's my all that repression learned that's from doing is. this yeah. segment. Yeah, <laughs> that's gotta let it loose. Yep, clean out that yeah, closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it here's really a short is. one, and it's like yeah. a manager. Let it out, uh, folks. Dirty uh, what do you have, Kyle, you have one more? You have a manager experience. My freshman yeah. year, our freshman class sucked. So before walkthroughs, we had freshman workouts since they weren't going to play anyways. The head coach was never there for them, but one day he walks in with a shit-eating grin. Since he's the big man, we have to play dumb. He whips a snowball out from behind his back and hits me standing on the baseline. We all got a good laugh out of it, and I had to grab a towel and clean up the mess he made. That's how I knew the manager life wasn't mm. for me. Tough, yeah. You just you just eat shit and then you clean it up. You say thank you, right? It's like tough, <laughs> tough. Thanks for hitting me. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like day. yeah. Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, it's tough. It's initiation. Yeah. Good at laundry though. Love it. Good at laundry. There you go. Um, send us your stories. DM us on Twitter at One Shiny Pod. Slide into the DMs. They are open. Uh, send us all your uh. So, someone someone slid into our DMs with a Kevin Porter update. Why he's suspended from USC? Um, I'm, I can't share it because <laughs> it, it was Kevin it Porter. Lo- <laughs> yeah, it was Kevin Porter. Let's just say it was along the lines of what you think it might be. Uh, but yeah, this guy had the story. By the way, remember the guy? Speaking of which, um, similar sort of thing. Do you remember last year? Some guy tweeted at us before a Duke game and was like, "Hey, uh, I'm out right now on Duke's campus, and trained Trayvon Duval is getting fucked up." He's probably gonna suck tomorrow. <laughs> and then tomorrow, he was horrible. Trevon Duval. Duval went one for eight or something. Yes, and he's fun times. He's doing that in the G League now, somewhere. Um. All right, let's get out of here. 
Oh, before we go, I had one other note. Uh, here, here's a question because you guys are smarter than me, and I wanted to explain Dude, to you. I had that Kyle, same if uh, the government is shut down, why am I also, paying sales uh, tax? FDA is about still. to stop uh, yeah. checking stuff for the next couple of days because they're not gonna, like uh, once the funding. Explain runs that out, one so, to me. You know, yeah, don't eat Caesar salad. Caesar salad. Don't judge any barbecue stuff for a while. Yeah, don't eat any Caesar salad. This is not a good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. go to Chipotle. Eat cereal. Like all, all those mm. things that you would say to yourself. Don't do that. If the government's still better. shut down <laughs> by April 15th, do we have to file our income We are taxes? going to get our taxes back, but I don't know why we're and paying taxes. And if the answer is yes, why? Right now, I guess. Yeah. Makes you think. Anyone? <laughs> excellent. Excellent question. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. We should, we should start a politics podcast, just us three. We're <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey, hey, how does that work? <laughs> so, how do these block grant words? Uh, can we get some of those? <laughs> Trump won, but he didn't have the most votes. How does that work? <laughs> you guys want to hear the craziest thing? So, I'm watching the CNN, like the decade oh, no. docs Tell that me. Tom Hanks did. Oh, really? And you know whose slogan was "Make America Great Again" first? Bill Clinton. Was it like Reagan or something? It was Bill Clinton. Oh, it was Clinton. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Trump's racking him up, and right? He had like 49 sex scandals. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild i was i was just i couldn't believe it i was oh, i was just laughing down. the whole time you know this is a great great political podcast it's going well great play here, here's another political comment i'll have say what you want about trump but make america great again is is kind of a genius slain because you can't really refute it yeah like nobody can refute yeah, like just do as it. you're on a campaign you're like actually i disagree sir it's, That's why it's like yes, runs we against can. Him, <laughs> we, we can, yeah, yeah, just do it. It's like okay, first and last. Say that? No excuses. Play like a champion. These are all good maxims. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So these are all good maxims to live by. That, that's our political <laughs> stance. <laughs> just be better. Just all be right. great. Love life. <laughs> that's the show. Um, before we go, watch some games this weekend. Big Saturday. Virginia's playing Duke. That's the big game. We will be talking about it next week. Also, some other games. Indiana's playing Purdue. Uh, we might talk about that one. Kentucky's yep. all Kentucky Auburn. Kentucky is at Auburn. Tate You're watching that. Maybe yep. the people watch that. I'm just trying to give the people. You know, people get upset with us. They tell us we we talk about certain teams and certain whatever more often than not. I'm giving you a preview. These are the games that we will be talking about. So if you don't like it, maybe skip the next uh, next episode. Um, yeah, that's it. Michigan State is at Nebraska tonight. That could be a pretty good game. Yeah, we're gonna As watch we said, that one. Tom Izzo's trying to. Tom Izzo is trying to throw games, and uh, Nebraska is playing pretty well, so that could be pretty interesting. Uh, you got anything else? Pretty, pretty interesting. Nope, that's all from me. Uh, excited to watch all these games. Excited for one versus one, mano y mano. Ty Jerome. Let's one go. versus one. Uh, Moses is in my office yet again. Let's, let's do try it, this sign-off one more time, Moses. Let's, don't get stage fright this time. You're looking at me. You're going to get stage fright, aren't you? He's going to do it. Do let's it. try it. Here we go. <laughs> Moses, speak. Next time, Speak. bud. Speak. God damn it. He's not doing it. He's, he's disinterested. We'll try it next time. See you guys. See you, man.